Hello, Gap Year Universe. I'm Margot Brookfield. And I'm Julia Rogers. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you information and inspiration to plan a life-changing Gap Year adventure. So today on the pod, we've got a few different people featured, and the goal is to talk about planning your independent Gap Year and some resources that are available for students out there. So Julia, you first are speaking with Sasha and Ji Young of Gap Yearly. Tell us a little bit about that conversation with them and what listeners can expect today. So they're your run-of-the-mill two amazing young women, so not run-of-the-mill at all, <laughs> but they actually took gap years themselves a few years ago, and they're current students at Stanford, so they're still in their college careers, and their gap years are still very recent, and they were so inspired by their gap year journeys that they actually found each other on campus and launched a resource guide for students planning their gap years, especially students who choose to do more independent things or have independent components on their gap year, and basically that means that rather or in addition to doing a structured program where you have a facilitated group experience, you're doing things like traveling alone in Argentina or backpacking through Southeast Asia or working on farms in Europe. You're doing things that are kind of independent of a guided experience. Absolutely. And I know that so recently there has been this gap year planning guide that is published in conjunction with the Gap Year Association on their website with the Gap Yearly Girls. And after speaking with them today, we are also interviewing Erin Akar of Amigos, who kind of independently partnered with them to help with the design and implementation of this gap year planning guide. And all three of these ladies put in a lot of time and effort to create this resource that can be a really integral part of planning a gap year for any prospective students out there. Definitely. And we all know that it's April. So we're thinking about where you're going to college or if you're going to college, but you're also, this is the time now where students really pivot to saying, okay, now that I know what schools I've gotten into, I'm making the choice about where I want to go. And now I'm making the choice that I actually want to take a gap year before I start college. So this is actually the height of gap year planning time. So we thought that that there was no better time to bring you this episode about how to jumpstart your planning process and making sure that we highlight the guide as part of that, because it's such an amazing resource for organizing your ideas and getting started with planning. Definitely that time of year. We're all seeing that around the gap year industry. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into it? Great. Thanks for being here. Jiyoung and Sasha, thank you guys so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk all things Gap Yearly, so thank you. Yeah, of course. We're super excited to be talking with you today. So you guys were not always partners in your endeavor to help Gap Year students. Tell us a little bit about the evolution of how Gap Yearly came to be. Yeah, so we were both moved by kind of the same spirit, Jiyoung a gap year a year after I did um, just a year younger and so when I was finishing my gap year um, I felt like wow you know if I was so close to not having taken a gap year and the thing that tipped me over the edge was knowing other gappers and that the fact that they were willing to share their stories with me um, so I really wanted to make sure that everyone had that option everyone could talk to a gapper and get that inspiration um, so at the end of my gap year, that's why I decided to start my website at the time. It was called Gap Guides with one of my friends, Caroline Cardi, um, who's on my gap year with me. And then, uh, you know, fast forward a year and I'd made a lot of progress, but it was kind of chugging along um, a little bit slowly. And I connected with Ji Young at Stanford and Ji Young had been kind of moved by, I think, a similar inspiration at the end of her gap year. 
Uh, and so when we met at Sanford in the fall, we thought that, you know, our missions were so aligned, it would make a lot of sense to kind of combine forces. And so uh, we relaunched as, as our Together website in January of 2018, and we've been working together ever since. Yeah, and you guys have a really comprehensive website that has a bunch of tips and, uh, and you know, suggestions from past gappers about what they've done, especially independent gap year activities. And is that um, indicative of what you both did on your gap time? Uh, Jiang, why don't you tell us briefly what your gap year was about and what did you do with it? Yeah, for sure. So um, my parents were actually pretty strongly against my taking a gap year. So I was sort of on my own when I was planning it and um, they ex- weren't happy really or they weren't really willing to contribute to it financially as well so um, I started off by looking for jobs in countries that I wanted to visit Um, the first one on the list was China because I'd taken Chinese in high school so I worked I started by working at um, like a bagel shop to save up for um, my trip to China and then there I worked at an education reform nonprofit then working after working there for about four months, um, I went to Korea to learn pottery while staying with some of my family members. And then I um, returned back home to work and save up for a bit. I tutored mainly students in my hometown. Um, and then I, after that, I took a trip throughout Europe with a friend from high school who was also on a gap year. And I ended it by working at a refugee community center in Greece. And when I returned, I um, spoke to other students who I'd known who had taken gap years. As Sasha had mentioned, I also kind of struggled with planning my gap year at first because a year is a very daunting length of time to kind of come up with a plan for when you've been in school for most of your life. So um, yeah, and I started building my website called No Crap Gap before joining forces with Sasha at Stanford the following fall. Very cool. That sounds like a really well-rounded and exciting gap year. So congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and Sasha, tell us you know, quickly about your gap year and what did you do? Yeah, totally. So the way that I spent my gap year, I started off working on uh, an organic farm in Northern California. Um, there's this little town that I spent some time in growing up and I really loved it there and I wanted the chance to kind of connect with the community. So I got to save some money by working on the farm. Um, and then I took off for Europe with um, one of my friends who's also on her gap year, Katerina. Um, and so we did a series of work saves, which turned out super well um, because we were able to stay uh, and kind of work in exchange for room and board. So we got to stay with families all over Europe for free while we learned different skills like farming and um, we worked as au pairs and we worked uh, as a maintenance in a hotel in northern Greece we were like painting the basement Um, and so that was all really positive and then uh, I spent about a month and a half in New Zealand I was living uh, with a friend of mine there and traveling around and backpacking Um, and then I took off for Nepal I wanted to do some volunteering and that was the part of my gap year that I was by myself Um, and that was really positive. I got to teach English in a monastery um, and also do some backpacking and I did a brief expedition to Antarctica with a nonprofit and then I spent the kind of the spring in Argentina with my other friend who had taken a gap year and we also did those work stays so we worked on various farms and backpacked through Patagonia and that was wonderful and then I spent the last summer with my family in Russia 
So just kind of catching up with everyone after being away for so long. Yeah, that is amazing. I also have woofed and done work stays throughout my traveling years. And especially New Zealand was one of my favorite places to do that. And I'm curious in Europe and in any other places you did work stays, what was the most like random task that you were asked to do? Um, I remember I had, yeah, I had a a bit of trouble adjusting to the work stay. Katerina and I did in Italy um, because we were, we were, I thought we were working on a farm, but what it really was was this old Italian grandmother who like owned a part of a forest and it was a chestnut forest. And she sent us out to harvest chestnuts for like six hours a day. But I didn't know anything about chestnuts, but it turns out that when they fall, they're in these really, really <laughs> spiky encasings. It's like basically like a porcupine covering. Oh, so yeah. we're like gingerly, you know, you just like step on them in a certain way so that the chestnut pops out and we can collect it. But it was it took a little bit of getting used to definitely more than one prick on my hand and it was not really what i imagined you know i thought it was gonna be like a vineyard in italy like something really calm and it was a little bit painful <laughs> that is so funny the most random thing that i did in new zealand was one of our hosts had us walking the goats which is <laughs> That's so funny ever, if you've ever owned goats that is not a thing like you don't walk them but that every day he was he was such a wacky guy shout out to bernie if you're listening we're still in touch Hi. um but bernie every day he would give us these huge sacks of of goat treats and he would be like go walk the goats these were the these were the most loved upon like fattest most spoiled goats you've ever seen before and they were they were really fun but um yeah it was it's such a cool opportunity to have these cross-cultural and just interesting connections with people that you wouldn't normally meet and like you said building those skills like um if i ever get goats i'll, I'll know how to walk <laughs> <Yeah>. them <laughs> can't live without that <laughs> right yeah definitely so you know now that you are have this website that has all these you know similarly diverse experiences from other gappers like how are you are these all friends of yours or how are you finding people and capturing their stories yeah so at first we i think we both started by talking with people that we personally knew um I started by interviewing people who I'd known from my high school who had taken a gap year. Um, some of the people I'd worked with throughout my gap year who were my peers and were also on their gap years. So I reached out to them. And after that, I created a Google form to send out to different colleges. Um, and I mainly distributed that through different Facebook groups and had them fill out what they did during their gap years, what kinds of advice that they would like to give to prospective gap year students and then um, consolidated them into um, a website, essentially. I don't yeah. know how Sasha went about it. Yeah, I think yeah, we all. I think we both just started with our first degree connections, but at this point, um, we just have a little automated form on our website, and so people can fill out, you know, their own gap year experiences. And we found that that's often like a really valuable thing for people that they want to be sharing their experiences at the end of their gap years because you kind of come home and. People get kind of sick of you telling your stories over and over again. You know, your parents have probably heard about that time you were like on a bridge somewhere about 50 times. And so, you know, people end up being kind of excited to get to share their stories with a wider audience and convert that to inspiration. Definitely. And and beyond kind of allowing students to share their experiences, especially the more independent ones, um, what's the vision? Like, what do you feel like is, what do you, what are your hopes for Gap Yearly? Especially as um, I have neglected to say it, you are both still in school. I, I know that we, you guys, maybe the listener has intuited that, but you, you're both full-time college students. So you're still doing this on the side. Um, and what do you, what do you see as this resource moving forward for people? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the ultimate goal that we had, even when we first started, was to make kind of like a go-to gap year resource that has all this peer support for students who want to talk to other kids who have done gap years. We want to be able to connect as many students as possible with kids who have had all these experiences that I think are really amazing and are unfortunately right now not like the common trend um, to be taking a whole year off before college. So we really want to, you know, participate in this movement of kind of making a gap year the common step before college, just because both of us have had such a positive, like we feel like the gap year has positively influenced our college experiences. Even now, like Sasha's a junior, I'm a sophomore, and I can definitely say that the experiences that I've had throughout the year and our mentors that we have on our site, other students that we've interviewed say this multiple times that, you know, they never regret taking a gap year before college. Um, And I feel like even academically, you know, you're not going to school during that year, but the experiences have definitely helped me even when I'm, you know, applying to different classes um, in college and even applying those skills to my social circle, things like that. Um, It's been so beneficial. We really hope that one day it'll be the thing to do before college. Right. Well, I think that helping demystify the process of planning it and also feeling like you're part of a tribe is such an important part of that. I think that right now, depending on your community, some communities, um, you know people, you have friends, you're taking a gap year. It's seen as this positive kind of cool thing to do. And other people feel really isolated in their choice to take a gap year and feel like it's, it's a weird choice or there's something that's keeping them from college if they don't if they choose to take a gap year. And so I think that part of our job right now is doing that myth busting of, you know, this is actually an amazing opportunity that to have adventures all over the US and all over the world. So I think that what you guys are doing is really important in that regard. So thank thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, also, you guys have a lot of cool stories on the website. I wanted, I was curious if there's stories about your other mentors or students who you've talked to that really stick out to you as like, wow, that was a really cool gap year experience that you maybe not ha- hadn't even thought of as possible before you heard from them. Um, yeah. So one of the stories that I think I'll always remember is from a mentor named Sterling. And what she did was she spent, she also self-funded her year. Um, and she actually saved up throughout her senior year to kind of travel and she really wanted to go to Spanish speaking countries, So she ended up in Chile and she took a bus through, I think, three different towns, um, to look for a job before she got there. She hadn't, she, you know, really applied for any jobs on site. Her goal was to interact with as many local people as possible while she was there. She wasn't personally a huge fan of having like a programmed intermediary between her experience and I guess just having like the local experience, um, which isn't what everyone wants, but that was what she wanted um, setting out on her adventure. And so I think after about a week or two, I might be wrong on that, but um, after going through all these different towns, she ended up in one where she ended up finding a job at this small, I think, market that she ended up in somehow. And she worked for a shoe artisan for two months, learning how to tan goat skin, learning how to make moccasins, um, and ended up having she in her words probably just the best time of her life um and it's just so unexpected and I from that story what I really admire about her attitude towards approaching her gap year is this kind of openness towards 
um, having these new experiences. And of course, you have to evaluate the safety risks of going out by yourself and not everyone's comfortable doing that. And I don't think it's necessarily the way to do a gap year per se, but um, I just thought it was such a cool story to have. Yeah, that is a pretty awesome one. Um, Sasha, is there one that sticks out to you? Yeah, um, one of our mentors, Natasha, who we're at school with, um, she spent her entire gap year in Hamburg in Germany, um, where her mom was from, but she didn't really have a chance to spend much time there, uh, you know, growing up. Um, and I, her story really stuck out to me because most of the people I talked to, you know, traveled all the time, you know, they were always on the move. Uh, people kind of feel really antsy and feel like they to find meaning in their year, they have to pack in as many experiences as possible. And that's sort of how I went around my year. But I was really impressed. She just kind of settled down in Hamburg. Like she found an apartment. She was, you know, sustaining herself. She was like earning her own money. She applied to she applied to dozens of jobs in cafes before she got one because her German wasn't that great yet. Um, you know, and she kind of built a community for herself and just lived like a very adult life. Um, and I think you know, that that served her so well coming to college, you know, she was so prepared for the experience of kind of like settling down and being independent. Um, and yeah, I was I was just very impressed by that foresight that you can actually create a meaningful experience, not just by packing in as much as possible, but by just kind of committing to one way of life. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, that that idea of of a gap year not being one type of thing, I think is really hard for us all to capture or to for us to explain to people and for people who are considering a gap year to really grasp because we are kind of taught like you kind of know the categories of higher education. You're like community college. I can picture that for your college. I can picture that um, we have such a even military or, or vocational school like the, everybody kind of has like a, a certain you know, comfort with with those kinds of things. Whereas a gap year can be so many different things. It can be a structured program. It can be moving to Hamburg and finding a job. It can be popping around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so varied. And I think that until we have a critical mass of people taking it, it's going to take a lot of education to kind of getting people to understand that it can be whatever you want to make of it. And that's a little bit intimidating, but mostly exciting. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And the idea of kind of having to take ownership of exactly what kind of a gap year you want to create for yourself can definitely be, I think, one of the most challenging and daunting aspects of deciding to take one, you know, because there isn't any cookie cutter way to do it. Right. Yeah. And I think that for people who are coming out of this educational experience, that's pretty that, you again, you know what to expect and everybody's experience is relatively the same, um, that that is kind of a really big difference. kind of entering the real world or the gap year world after that so yeah for sure yeah when you guys talk to students who are considering taking a gap year what do you what are your arguments for them as to why they should consider it or and what are you hearing from them as concerns um I think something that I hear a lot in terms of concerns is getting the parental permission I think right now especially (laughs) because it's not a common trend you know after Malia Obama took one I think it came on people's radar a bit more um and I think that was like my dad's reasoning for letting me take it finally after like three months of arguing he's like well I guess like Barack Obama let his daughter do it so maybe I should too um if it's good enough for the president's family it's good enough for you (laughs) exactly but I think that still stays as one of the main concerns that we are also trying to address um like we have a parent section on our site that we've been trying to get out a little bit more um, to kind of get like the parents perspectives um, and they're just words from like the parents of students who have 
taking gap years previously. So um, hopefully that will help shift the trend a little bit maybe in what parents think. But in terms of what um, reasoning that I personally give um, to convince students that, you know, gap year might be the right decision um, is I think for me personally, um, aside from all like the confidence and independence that I got to gain while, um, you know, being alone for most of my gap year, um, I think coming into college, an unexpected benefit, I mentioned this briefly earlier, was the academic side. Um, because not a lot of students are coming in with the kinds of kind of crazy experiences that you had throughout your gap year. And so when you're applying to different seminars, programs, or even just classes um, at school, um, talking about those experiences have helped me a lot um, in getting really getting into really cool classes or programs. Yeah, that's cool. Sasha, what's your number one argument to convince people to do it? Um, I think... The number one argument is just that no one has ever regretted taking a gap year. That's like, true. That's like totally. Hundreds of people. Very like, true. And this is like cited over and over again by college counselors, by admissions officers. It's just, you know, like the odds that you're going to look back and be like, wow, I wish I didn't have that year of really interesting experiences before doing college like everyone else. You know, wow, I wish I hadn't done that. Like the odds that anyone would think that are zero. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So far, it's been zero. Probability wise, you know, there's basically nothing to lose. Um, But I do hear, you know, the anxieties, especially if you don't know other people taking gap years, it can be a lot harder. So, yeah, hopefully we're we're continuing to work on the community building aspect of it. Um, One of my friends is actually developing an app to connect gappers, um, you know, while they're on their gap year. So it doesn't just have to be something that you can do if people in your high school do it. Yeah, that I think is a really good resource. I often think about if there was something like that, I would definitely share it with my students. Um, and it's it's really interesting, too, that you that you both are hearing about the parents being hesitant, because as a counselor, I hear the exact opposite. I get desperate calls from parents saying little Jimmy needs to take a gap year like I know that I, I, I know that it would be um, really good for him and um, he could do so many cool things and it's completely applicable for what he wants to do in life but he just doesn't he's really resistant because none of his friends are doing it or that he thinks it's gonna um, give the impression that he's being left behind in some way or, or something like that so it is interesting that we're seeing kind of two different two different segments of the hesitancy argument uh, in our in our different worlds. I often think that, wow, I don't think that these students realize how awesome their parents are, that they're trying to convince them to take this amazing period of time and really launch them into adulthood in a meaningful way. Uh, and I and I also get it because it is really hard to think outside of your world when you're in high school. But um, I also think that they're going to look back on it in 10 years and be like, oh, why didn't I do that? Yeah, that's so real. I've had so many conversations with people while traveling, while at, you know, in university, while working at different jobs or so many people here that I've taken a gap year and they're like, oh, my God, I wish I had done that. You know, like, I wish I knew about a gap year. You know, it's such a it's such a big regret. (laughs) Yeah. And even now there are so many even recently, like there have been so many people coming up to me just saying, I think I'm going to take a year off. And these are like, you know, sophomores, freshmen. Um, so I think a lot of people, I think it's an increasing trend that people stop out while they're in college, especially kids who didn't take a gap year before coming to college. Definitely. I see that a lot too. And 
And I think that it's great. It's great to press a pause in the middle of your college experience than to kind of push through and not have the experience that you want or need out of out of college. It's it's such an investment these days that you really need to be fully present for it. Yeah, no, I think it's great for students to do it. But I do think it's a lot easier to take a gap year before starting college. You know, like often those are students who wish that they had done it before starting because then there's the added anxiety once you're here of, oh, you know, you're going to be here after all of your friends are graduated. You know, there are a lot, there's a whole new set of worries in addition to the worries that <laughs> you already have about taking uh, time away. So, um, yeah, ideally we catch them on the front end. But at any point, I think gap, year, gap time is extremely valuable. So I wanted to turn our attention to a, uh, a listener question. And this, this uh, listener, her name is Dana, and she emailed us to ask about independent gap year experiences. So I thought no better guest to, to help inform her than you two. And she, uh, and she said that she wants to discuss traveling alone and, uh, and also the safety around being a solo female traveler. But one of her main questions was about, you know, how to find opportunities when you're traveling on your own, like getting a temporary apartment or volunteering in whatever country you're in. And if you have advice for times that are, quote, up in the air, where you're kind of not, you're on the fly and you just need to figure out how to get around and how to find meaningful things to do and also do it safely. For sure. Um, I think that's a really valid concern. I struggled with that a lot when I first started. I never traveled alone or explored like a new city by myself before my gap year. Um, and I think something that helped me a lot was, for example, when I was, um, after backpacking through Europe, I stayed in Greece for about five weeks working at, um, like the refugee community center and work volunteering at a nonprofit or working somewhere while you are alone. I did kind of like a similar thing at, you know, with the education reform nonprofit in China. Um, that's a great way to meet, um, new people who are living in the same area as you. So you automatically kind of have a community um, as soon as you arrive, basically. And so you, I think you feel a lot more stable, secure, and um, just safer in general um, when you are in a new place. And, you know, obviously when you are walking around a new city by yourself, you have to exercise, like, just basic precautions, exercising your common sense to think, oh, is if this, if this place doesn't have that many people and it's night and I don't know the area that well, We'd be like, you shouldn't go there. Um, but in terms of trying out things, say, you know, like on Lonely Planet or something like top 30 things to do in XYZ, um, I think looking things up like that, like on the internet, it's that's usually what I did when I went to a new place. I just Googled top things to do and I went around a lot during the daytime. Um, and if you're in a city, public transportation system, honestly, these days, like, mostly like uses English um, no matter like where you are in most places so I'd say um, it can be daunting at first but as long as you are using like your common sense to an extent and evaluating your safety risk precautions like it's honestly it was a very valuable experience for me to travel alone yeah and Sasha as somebody who was popping around a lot do you have advice for Dana about finding like-minded travelers when you're on the road Totally. Um, I think internet reviews are like the best thing that ever happened for gap years. Um, <laughs> so I think the important place to start is just with personal comfort. Like I knew that I would not go to Nepal without like any structure set up in advance. Like I did not feel comfortable doing that by myself. Um, you know, so I set up this volunteer thing. They had their own hostel. 
which was really great for meeting other people. Um, but uh, if there is a place that, you know, Dana would feel comfortable going by herself, um, you know, like without having set something up in advance, I think looking on Hostel World at reviews is extremely valuable because basically in like most cities, there are hostels that are known as kind of like the traveler gap year hostels. Um, there are even reviews like I met people in Nepal who all were staying at the same hostel and at, at the reviews on the site say like if you come here within 20 hours you will find yourself like a trekking partner like everyone here is extremely social you know this isn't a safe area um, you know and it's like a very community oriented place uh, and in fact like the people I met there were really good friends and they had met like two weeks earlier so I I wish that I had known about that before my gap year um, because I didn't even know that hostel reviews existed but they definitely have their own identities and that is a really great way to meet people. Um, and same thing for the workaways that I was talking about, the workstays. Um, you can read a lot of reviews about different, uh, you know, different workstays that you do and it'll say whether there is only one other volunteer, if there are 10 other volunteers, you know, the volunteers will write what kind of people that experience attracts. Um, and I think that's a really, another really great way to meet people because you're doing the same kind of work um, you know, and you're you're all staying in the same quarter. So that's a really nice way to start out too when you go to a different country because then also all of those travelers are going to be sharing places that they've been, you know, maybe they're on a similar trajectory, maybe you can travel together or they're coming from a place that you're really interested in. So I think like starting off in some kind of community thing like ji mentioned, whether it's a volunteer opportunity or a hostel or a job um, is like a really, really comforting way to start off a solo adventure. Definitely. I think that it's also hard to imagine before you're leaving for a trip that you're going to make friends within 48 hours of arriving someplace new. But that's exactly what happens. I mean, when I I backpacked in Southeast Asia, I was meeting people on minibuses and in my hostel and on tours and whatever I did, there was always people. People are just so eager to make friends and to meet people while they're traveling because they're in the same boat as you. Yeah, and yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it's it's just so easy to meet people along the way, and then it's much less intimidating once that once you kind of have that confidence that you know you're going to meet people. Then all of a sudden it's just fun, and then uh, you can kind of yeah. That's wild. My friend Leah spent like several months by herself in uh, in South America. And I remember when she told me this, I was like, oh, my God, like you were there alone for months. And she said, well, I got on the plane alone, but I was not alone for more than like two days, you know, during that entire trip, you know, because you do meet people. And yeah, like you say, you just got to work up that muscle of social exercise and get yeah. the confidence. And honestly, if you're in an area that's kind of touristy, I remember when I got into Granada in Spain, um, I worked, like, I did, like, a little workaway thing for about two weeks before traveling through Europe. And um, I just wandered into, like, a random bar because I was hungry. And there's usually going to be solo travelers, especially if you're, you know, traveling in, like, a travel peak season. And I just sat down and started talking to the person that was sitting right next to me. Um, so even in less organized circumstances, I think it's, you know, there are many opportunities to meet other travelers or the local um, population. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, let's not forget locals. <laughs> that is also a big part of the travel experience, for sure. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I think work away, like Sasha mentioned, or woofing is actually a fantastic way to do that. Yes, definitely. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I also wanted to give you guys some major props on the new... Uh, 
planning guide that you co-authored with the Gap Year Association that is now available on the Gap Year Association website. And we're actually going to be talking to Erin, who helped put that all together visually. And she's going to walk the listeners through how to use that guide and everything. But I also wanted to give you guys acknowledgement of all the hard work you both put into it. Uh, Thank you for all on behalf of all future gappers. I think that's a great resource, too. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's on our homepage, too. Feel free to check it out. Check it out, everyone. (laughs) We put a lot of work into it. Yes, the people can find you guys at gapyearly.com and uh, on various social media platforms, right? Which, Which ones are you most active on? Instagram is a great place to go. And we also have little video interviews that we try to publish every weekend there. Um, awesome yeah great well thank you so much for having us it's been awesome to chat and i hope that dana comes up with a gap year that she's very excited about thank you julia (laughs) i'll report back to you yeah thanks thanks to you both thanks for being here and i'll hand it over to margo to talk to aaron Hi, Margot, and welcome to the pod, Erin. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we are very excited to hear a little bit more about both your work with Amigos, which is an organization that does provide gap year opportunities for students, but also to hear more about this gap year planning guide in particular that I know you've been working very hard on. So I know that we met a few years ago, Erin, on the gap fair circuit, I think two or three years ago now, because you've been working for Amigos. And so I'm just curious, what if you could share with us, what was your intro into the gap year industry? Yeah, so I came to Amigos in the summer of 2016 and was really attracted to their their mission and the fact that it was focused in Latin America, as a lot of my own abroad experience has been as well. And when I joined the organization and found out that they also had a gap year program, since it originated as a summer program, I was intrigued, but I honestly didn't know that much about it. And when Amigos asked me to represent the organization at the Gap Year Fairs in 2017, uh, honestly, I was really nervous. I didn't yet know how to talk about our programs really well. I still didn't exactly get what a Gap Year was or what its value was, so I was really nervous. And then I showed up at the fairs and I, I met both of you and met everyone else in the industry and started to realize how cool it was it you know the i think the gap year industry attracts a lot of really interesting people and figuring out how many different options there were for students to really take charge of their own education through a gap year was really inspiring and after that first fair circuit i started to become really invested in making it you know more known just across the country and also within amigos and all the students we work with that's really cool. And, you know, for, for also Amigo's sake, what can you tell us a little bit more about that program and what that experience is like for Gap Year students who choose to travel with Amigos? Sure. So Amigos is really the expert, I would say, in authentic immersion in Latin America. We've been around for over 50 years working with students on collaborative community development and immersion in these cross-cultural experiences. What began as a summer program uh, very naturally developed into a gap year program when there started to be more interest around the country. So the gap program really builds on our existing model of deep immersion, homestays, Uh, collaborative community service, and Spanish language development, as well as youth leadership. You know, our program moves from a more cohort-based program at the beginning with 
leadership training and a Spanish course, and then moves into more independence with an internship and some, you know, student-led workshops and some excursions as well. And with that too, Erin, I'm just curious if you can maybe differentiate for us, because I feel even myself, I'm more familiar with the summer programs having had, you know, my college roommate did Amigos during high school and my sister actually did Amigos maybe 25 years ago or something in the Dominican Republic. But how would you say the summer and the gap year programs differentiate? Yes. So our summer program, our kind of bread and butter is the four to eight week program in which students are living with host families and collaborating with their community on a service project. So they really have to take charge in determining the project and, you know, working with the community to make that happen. And those typically tend to be more rural, more independent in the sense that it's just two or three students and it's usually much more remote and smaller size communities. With the GAP program, our locations are Cuenca, Ecuador and Montevideo, Uruguay. And so it's the GAP program is a little bit more urban, probably feels a little bit more like a study abroad program, but rather than studying, they're still doing, you know, a service project and hands-on internship with community partners. Uh, But I think that there is a little bit more kind of infrastructure and, and the students are all within an hour of each other in the cities so they can access each other a little bit more easily than with the summer program. There's a little more independence there. Awesome. And I remember you discussing last year on the Fair Circuit maybe that you were going to go to Nicaragua with Amigos and do some work with them there. Can you tell us a little bit more about that experience and and what your involvement was? Yes, that was really fun. I got to serve as a supervisor for the program uh, for one of the four-week programs in Nicaragua. One of the great things that I love about Amigos is their commitment to youth leadership and their commitment to providing continuous opportunities for that. So many students will go as volunteers, you know, participating in the program and then work their way up to be a supervisor and then a project director. So, you know, the the support in country is very youth led as well. And even though nobody told me about Amigos when I was in high school, I was really eager to get that experience. So, yeah, you know, as you said, I, I returned to the field in that leadership capacity, and I had three routes of about two to three students each. And I would spend one night in one community, check in with the students, check in with the host families and partners, and then spend the night and, you know, trek my way to the next community. And I would do that essentially each week, supporting them through their service projects and their host family relationships and all of that. That's really cool. And quick follow-up, because I know that currently Nicaragua is kind of on everyone's hold list. Um, I'm just curious, um, did you notice kind of political... Um, kerfuffles or just like kind of that that vibe of 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 unrest uh, when you were there really no um i think we were fortunate everything was beautiful peaceful everyone was so friendly um it has been nice one of my volunteers was actually a latin american youth who was from nicaragua he was from another community and was participating in the program you know, being immersed in another community in Nicaragua, and we've stayed in touch. So I've been able to kind of hear about some of the developments, and I know he had to leave the country for a little bit, but now he's back, and um, I'm, I'm glad to know that he's safe. But at the time, you know, everything was, was fine, and I've always been really impressed with Amigos in terms of being able to monitor those situations. Um, several times I've been in the organization in which we've moved entire projects 
a couple of days or a couple of weeks prior to some a scheduled program and it's a lot to move you know 100 or 50 kids from one location to another and still run a successful program but I've seen Amigos do that and you know I, I have confidence that they're able to monitor those situations so I think they've been able to handle it really well. Yeah, that's great. That's very good to hear. And I'm sure that any parent listening loves to hear that kind of thing as well. <laughs> so let's switch gears. I want to hear more about this planning guide. And it's currently lives on the Gap Year Association webpage. And it's kind of been this joint project of several people, including yourself, as well as uh, Sasha and Jiyoung from Gap Yearly, who we've just heard from. So how did you get involved with this project? Yes. So ever since I've started getting more involved in the industry, I've just been looking for ways to help because I really believe the gap years are valuable and I want to contribute where I can. And probably one of my favorite things to do in my personal or professional life anyways is create guides and one pagers and design fun little infographics. I don't know why I get so much joy out of that, but I do. (laughs) And so I had helped out the GYA alumni committee uh, with a small project before and so Diana and Ethan came to me and asked if I would be willing to help kind of beautify and organize you know modernize um, some of this information that they were pulling together to help students plan a successful gap year and I love organization I like design so I was happy to contribute in that way. So with that, Erin, can you tell us a little bit more of kind of the flow and the information and content that's present in this planning guide and how you feel it could be utilized, best utilized by prospective gap year students? Yes, definitely. You know, as you know, there are many people who still don't know what a gap year is, let alone how to start planning one. So I think that this is a awesome first step for anyone who's interested in learning more. Even if you don't know if you want to take a gap year, the idea is to get students and parents to start asking the right questions while also providing example itineraries and inspiring photos and so on. So, you know, even if you don't know what you want to do yet, we have tons of guiding questions on each page to get you to think about all the possibilities available to you. And I think that the guide also has a fairly comprehensive list of resources, whether you're planning an independent gap year or going with a program, there's good resources for travel tips, gap year data, and more. And, you know, I really thank the girls at Gap Gap Yearly for pulling together a lot of those resources. I think that their insight in terms of some of the tips and tricks and the quotes they were able to gather from students who have taken a gap year really are what took this planning guide kind of to the next level. So uh, it was fun to just sort of reorganize it and make sure that there was a good flow. And I really think it will be a helpful starting place for a lot of people. Definitely. And as the gap year grows in popularity, resources like this are so critical for students to and their families to kind of wrap their heads around a very logistically different process than applying to college where you kind of know what's expected. There's a generation or two generations of people who've all done it before and had pretty similar types of experiences where because a gap year is such a customized form of education, um, there's no real there's no one roadmap. It's kind of like you're creating your own road. So having some place like this to start is so important. Um, and it looks fabulous. So well done on that, Erin. Um, and I'm just kind of curious from uh, your perspective, if, if there was one tip that you think is, is most critical to getting a gap year 
planning process started like what do you what what is your one nugget of advice to to a prospective gapper i would check out this guide um and then i this i think the information that i put at the beginning in terms of just figuring out what your goals are and also you know how much of it you want to be domestic versus international i i think starting sort of broad and understanding what the what a framework which framework you're working with in terms of are you taking a full semester a full year or do you want to be international domestic and then what do you really want to get out of the year in terms of either skills or opportunities and then seeking the individual programs or opportunities that will get you that because i think if you did it the other way around and just immediately started researching programs and classes it would get very overwhelming but if you know what your goal is and what that general framework in terms of structured unstructured etc um from there i think you can fill in the gaps with so many different cool opportunities so true and uh and it really will be the experience of a lifetime if you let it be so um aaron i have to thank you on behalf of both margo and i for being here and also thank you for this amazing guide listeners out there if you check out the guide please give aaron props um if you want to and thank you so much for listening so margo where in the world can the people find us all right so you can find aaron and amigos de las americas at amigos underscore americas on instagram or online at amigosinternational.org and then we also i believe earlier in the episode said where we can find the gap year planning guide as well as gap yearly but you can find us here at gap year radio on instagram and facebook at gap year radio or online at gap year radio podcast.com and you can email us your gap year questions or comments at gap radio at gmail.com And then you can download our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can discover Gap Year Radio. Perfect. So, Aaron, one of our traditions is that we sign off the podcast in a foreign language. And I know that you're fluent in Spanish, but I think that we can do like a little bit better than just adios because you probably have some idioms or maybe even um, some other form of Spanish or maybe a dialect that you can guide us through. What do you what's coming to mind for you? Well, uh, I feel like you probably don't get Polish that often, but last spring I took a Polish class for fun. I could do that if you would like. That would be great. (laughs) Yeah, let's do Polish. (laughs) (laughs) It's Dolvicenia. Dolvicenia. Is that I do that right? Yeah. Dolvicenia. All right, great. Dolvicenia. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks so much for being here, Erin, and see you next time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Erin. Thanks, Erin.